Welcome back to the non-standard 14er podcast. The podcast talks about everything the root description leaves out about hiking Colorado's 14ers. So joining the podcast again is Walk Mode Patrick. We were giving him shit hey. yesterday because uh, <laughs> we told him he should be doing ski drawing in Leadville. And then Jace chimed in and said he doesn't have to do it in walk mode. That's, that's a good jab, Jace. That was good. We got the tornado um, man join the podcast. What's up? We got Jace or Jack. Hey, everybody. And we got Ellen rejoining our podcast. Hey, nice to be back. So the impetus for the podcast was the fact that Jace had about, what, how many 14ers you have left, Jace? Less than 10. We were trying to figure out which ones we could link together to join him, like on North Maroon and Snowmass and Pyramid and the Chicago Basin. Also check off a couple centennials for us as we joined his trips. And so we have, we've had a bunch of discussions looking at routes, looking at different planning. Then we're like, we should just make this into a podcast. And then we're like, we should just make this into a contest and pull some other people that have a great... Um, great 14er knowledge so we pulled the tornado man with all his 13er knowledge and his 14er knowledge and then we pulled ellen to be our judge because she did 46 14ers last year and all four great traverses and uh she loves the suffer fest she's going to be the critique of our route planning and the goal is then to decide which is the best of our centennial 14er trip plans so the uh the prompt for these guys was you have to plan a trip it's got to include a centennial peak it's got to include a summit of a 14er peak. And it's going to include at least one overnight backpacking trip. And so we're going to see what we come up with. The format here is going to be round robin. I got four names here. I'm going to randomly pick one of them and we'll go head to head. And so you, you play your trip plan. We'll talk about it. We'll debate the um, uh, merits. And then the other person will play head to head. And then Ellen will decide who in that like March Madness style advances to the next round or <laughs> wins that round. And then we're also looking at the best, looking for the best um, overall plan throughout all the ones we talk about. Sound good? Let me just we probably picked all the same ones. Yeah, that's, I'm curious if we all did. I came up with some ideas that could just get you a bunch of peaks from a camp. So Nice. So we got a lot of perspectives here. The, a lot of 13 years from Tornado Man. Uh, Patrick does the Colorado Trail. So I bet he has, he's probably linked every Saltwatch peak and... Centennial Peak in the Sawatch Range in probably one long week. <laughs> that was what I'm guessing. All right, so here we go. I'm going to randomly, first person I pick goes first. Second person goes head-to-head -head with them. We got Tornado Man. Tornado Man, first round goes up against Walk Mode Pack. Oh, all right. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, what's your 13er, 14er, overnighter? Best trip. Are you starting with your best one or your? I don't know which one's the best. <laughs> what do you, whatever you think is going to beat whatever Pat, Pat thinks of. Well, see, the thing is, I'm going to go first and he's going to pick whichever one he thinks is going to beat why it. I drew the names in that order, just so make it, make it. Okay. The benefit. All right. Well, we talked about Chicago Basin, so let's just start with it. All right. But it's going to be a little different. I'm going to have us start from uh, Vallecito Trailhead. Um, instead of taking the train, we're doing purgatory. We'll start from Vallecito. And this is going to depend a lot on fitness, you know, how long this takes people. So I'm just going to say you don't start too early on day one. Just kind of, you know, maybe you drove a lot of the way the night before, um, didn't get an early start. 
Um, so I was looking at hiking up to about the junction with the Johnson Creek Trail. It's about nine miles, 1500 vert. Wait, is Purgatory the same as Vallecito? Where is, or where is Vallecito? Uh, Vallecito approaches from the south. So let me pull up my topography. Near, uh, Bayfield, east of Durango. Yeah, it, it's on the east side of Durango. Yeah. So basically, you're, uh, the Vallecito Trail is a north-south trail um, in the Wemmy. After about nine miles, it meets the Johnston Creek Trail. So I was thinking there down by the creek would be good camping. So after, you know, it, it's a good mileage day, but for backpacking, but not a ton of elevation gain, um, you could rest there. The next day, um, take the Johnston Creek Trail, which goes over Columbine Pass, um, gains about 3,500 vert doing that, and then drop into Chicago Basin. And the Columbine's right by Jupiter, right? Is that... Yeah. So when we get to Chicago Basin this way, we're at about 18 miles <laughs> and probably about um, about 5K vert. And you're doing this in one day or breaking it up into two? I'm breaking it into two days. Okay. Um, okay. And you're bringing all of your camp gear into Chicago Basin? Correct. Right. Yep. Okay. You go over 12, Columbine Pass 12.7. Okay. Yes. Yep. So going from about 9,200 at the creek up to 12.7 and then dropping into Chicago Basin. And that's just day two, just to get to that's Chicago? That's day two. So then we have some work to do still to get some peaks. Now it depends how crazy you are, what you want to do, how tired you are. Day three, you know, not, neither of those days was huge mileage, but I know personally when I have a heavy pack, I'm tired. I'm much, much better with a light pack. So I'd probably be pretty tired. And I'd probably just take it easy on day three and go up Jupiter. Okay, I easy like that strategy. Easy peasy. Depending exactly how high you are in Chicago Basin, you're talking maybe 2,500 vert, maybe 2,200. It's only three or four miles. Roach actually said it was less than that. He had like 2.1 miles, which seemed very aggressively straight to me. <laughs> I think it's a little more than that, but... Um, it's a really easy day, so sleep in a little bit if the weather's good. Go up Jupiter, um, hang out with the goats. Day four, a little bit bigger day. Let's try to get all the Chicago Basin peaks done in a day. I know a lot of people do it from there. I didn't. Um, I didn't have the weather for it when I was in there, but certainly is a doable day. Uh, looking at it, I think it's about 6K gain. Um, probably 11 to 12 miles. So that would be a pretty big day four. Get a good night's sleep. And then we don't really want to go back over Columbine Pass. All right. That, that does, doesn't sound fun. So we're going to head out, out Needle, uh, toward Needleton and then out to Purgatory, which is about 16 miles. <laughs> Um, it has that thousand foot gain at the end that I've heard terrible things about. You're disqualified if you go over 30 miles, by the way, Tornado Man. <laughs> and uh, that may have been over 30 miles. Uh, uh, yeah, it's over 30 miles to get into the Chicago basin. <laughs> so, and then hopefully you have a car shuttle, or you just put your thumb in the air and hope someone picks you up and gives you a ride back to your car at Valcita. Um, I thought this was interesting because it gave you you know two very 
you know, different trails in and out um, versus the straight, you know, most people do from purgatory. Honestly, I got the idea from that. If anyone's reading the 14er.com thread, uh, the one about the Chicago Basin in a day that's going on, I was thinking about Chicago, like that thread made me think about it. And uh, I don't think I could do Chicago Basin in a day with the 14ers, but I'm kind of intrigued to try to get Jupiter in a day because I couldn't get Jupiter the first time because of weather. So that's kind of intriguing to me, but um, the amount of fur in a day is pretty crazy. Is there any way to get Jupiter from Columbine Pass? It looks like roaches, you got to drop down into the basin and then come up the kind of the west, the, the southwest face of Jupiter. The, t- the topo doesn't look very pleasant, so. All right. So, <laughs> so we got a five. So I know man and I have some very similar uh, thoughts because that was actually my number one too. So I actually, the benefit went to you going first. Uh, mine was slightly different, but <laughs> pretty similar, still over 30 miles. So Jace has already disqualified both of us. <laughs> uh, I'd say um, I, I'll move on to choice number two then. So we're not comparing uh, Chicago Basin from Balacito trips. So number two, now this doesn't have one of Jace's uh, final 14ers, uh, but this has always been, you know, sort of on my mind as a trip. And I know Stifler has gazed upon him too. So I call this trip the uh, Chief Huron and the Three Apostles. So Points um, I'm going to start out. <laughs> so we start out at, uh, not at the South Winfield Trail, but just a little past that to a Forest Service 390, which, yes, is on the Collegiate West um, of the... Colorado Trail or the CDT also, both. Um, but it actually follows the road back on its way to Lake Ann, which is one of the most scenic places if you've ever been up on Lake Ann Pass or even just staring out at the Three Apostles from the lake. It's it's a pretty incredible place. So obviously it's closer to Denver. So, you know, driving time uh, a lot less than, than Chicago Basin. But you're going to deal with a little more traffic too because of that. I got, it, I got it planned out at three nights, uh, right around 22 miles total, about uh, 6,100 uh, total burnt, and you're going to get four peaks. Obviously, West Apostle is not a centennial, but all the, all the same, uh, you got to get all three, right? So your day one, it's about four miles in, uh, up the trail to camp, which is just, uh, there's some really good campsites there. Um, you can get the three apostles right in your view. There's Huron um, up right there too. And it's right out by the apostle trail uh, that you branch off. Now, are you camping by Lake Ann? Uh, no, just uh, below it. Just below okay. it. This is South Winfield. I'm looking at the topo. Okay, so yeah. you headed south on the CDT from Winfield? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Uh, cool. So you're heading you're heading about four miles back, and I mean, obviously, there's there's some really good camping there just before the bridge, or you could head up towards Lake Ann. There's more camping there. It's a pretty cool place to be by that lake. Uh, but I know that uh, based on this route, you know, it's kind of nice to be back in the trees, um, just for the camp effect, uh, having a, having a campfire and, and the view and, and a little bit of privacy. So uh, about four miles in, you camp. You get up, 
the first day and you know i debated between do you take out huron first because it's the easier the easier day to get get warmed up or do you spend your energy on the big day um, i went with huron first so you can scout um, from here on, you could scout ridges and, and couloirs because I know that the, the Apostles Traverse is, is not an easy task. So good to get your eyes on something like that and get warmed up, in my opinion. So there were two routes up uh, here on. I chose the shorter, uh, shorter route is the Northwest Slopes. That's sort of the standard. Um, it's pretty quick. It's uh, Roach has it at 4.6 miles, 3,400 feet. Or you could go around and do the Southwest slopes, which is basically double the mileage and a little bit extra vert, 4,200. I've done that route before. Uh, it's a lot of bushwhacky. Um, obviously I was thought I was on a different peak then too. That's a whole nother story. So, <laughs> um, but uh, both good, but since you have such a big day on day, uh, on day three, I chose the, the Northwest slopes just to get your warm up in sit on top of Huron and, and scout out your day. Um, so day three, I have the uh, Apostle Traverse at nine and a half miles and 4,200 vert. As uh, Jerry Roach calls it, ice cubed. So uh, you start off on North Apostle's Southwest Ridge and then you, you, you down climb uh, to Ice, ice Peak's uh, Northeast Ridge. And then you head down that Southwest face on ice to West Apostle. And then you meet up with uh, the Collegiate West and the CDT again at Lake Ann Pass. And then you take that back down in the lake. And then you can uh, head back down to camp and celebrate that uh, with some ice in your veins, do some Wim Hof. <laughs> you know, and, um, know that uh, you, you took on a pretty, pretty tough climb. There's a lot of loose rock. I know Ice Mountain's got a reputation. Uh, the route finding on this, uh, on the traverse is, is pretty tough from, from all accounts, but to sit down and, and camp in the right in front of them and, and, and think about the day you just had and, and why you did it. It's, it's be pretty awesome. Um, water's good. Um, you could car camp. Should you not want to pack in from the wind field? You're just adding an extra four miles in uh, under day. And uh, for super extra credit, you can actually split off right there and take down La Plata too on your way out if you want to throw an extra 4,100 vert. But I'm assuming that most people probably will not want to. That's a great route up La Plata. That, that, is it the South Slope? Is it South, Southwest Ridge or something like that? Yeah. Yes, that's one I've done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's right there uh, um, just off the uh, CDT. There, so. I've never done that. I've heard pretty good things for most people who have <clears throat> it's kind of like yeah, three, cool. three giant stair steps it's kind of real steep and then you get in, into a into kind of a um what do you call it amphitheater sort of like pyramid like and it's flat and then you get real steep again into a mine and then that's another steep mm -hmm. section on gaining the ridge. Mm -hmm. i think one of the most disheartening false summits i've experienced so far you actually think you're at the summit on that last stair step and then it's like another three quarters of a mile it's like mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah no, it's a, it's a cool route, but yeah, it's, it is disheartening every time you, you feel like you've made it and you don't. Um, obviously, that was my initial plan before I ended up on Huron, so. <laughs> but that's my, that was my second trip. All right. Merits. 
Yeah, I guess you guys should chime in. What are the overall stats on mileage and burp for both of those? Just the quick facts. <laughs> That's at 22 miles and 6,100. Okay. Tornado, Tornado Man's at about yeah. 74 miles. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, uh, let's, hold on. Ultra <laughs> Marathon. Uh, 20, it's Five about 47 miles. And at 47, like 14,600 vert. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Chicago basin 14 years without paying for the train, or if it's not running. You didn't, you didn't pay for the train. You got the Centennial. And uh, you went two different, uh, In and out. you know, a, a whole yeah. loop. So it was fun. And, you know, Ruby Creek's right there, too. If you're feeling really um, spry, you could add another 8,000 feet of vert and uh, yeah. eight miles and go take tackle Pigeon and Turret. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, a very valid point. <laughs> um, also off of Valacito, you could go out and try to get jagged, but oh, yeah, <laughs> it's probably a long ways to carry a rope or else um, just free solo it. I don't know, but <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> we'll leave it up to Ellen, see what she's, her thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, they both sound like, they both sound like really nice trips. Um, I know that I haven't, I haven't been to Chicago Basin, but I know that Huron is a really scenic and nice area. It seems nice to camp there. But for Huron, I also feel like you came almost all the way down between the two days. So you could also just do them as two day trips without adding much work. So I'd have to pick Chicago Basin as the winner there. I think the San Juan, it should be handicapped because the San Juans versus the, <laughs> the watch has got to be a. Well, that's why I had it as my first two. So that was, that was good. I, the only difference I had between was, was getting on the train. Yeah. And, and I, I think. Heading to the brewery. <laughs> yeah, with that one, if you don't have a car shuttle, you could just do purgatory both ways. Or if you have the train, you could just get off the train. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think purgatory both ways is the more normal way. Just this was presented as me as it was good to have like, uh, you know, kind of obscure ideas. So I went kind of obscure there. So yeah, that was like a point. I like Columbine Pass too. Yeah. All right, let's shuffle around here. See who goes first. Which one do I tackle, Jace? Here. Be interesting to throw ourselves a curveball if we do this again, and and all have to do it from the same range. You can duplicate peaks, but we can't do it the same way twice. That would be that way. It's like not handicapped. It's uh yeah. Your the San Juan's is an automatic trump card, I think. Well, you want to pick the same range then, Jace? I got an elk. I got a Sawatch, and I got a elk. I got two elks. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm I'm doing mine in the Sangres, so whatever you want. All right. Here we go. This is the old electric Casalabra. But I like to call it Castle Bra because it sounds more darshy. Man, bra. I thought that was like some mountain in California. I didn't, I didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> Castle Bra. Yeah, Castle Bra. <laughs> Electric Bra. The Castle Bra is the one uh, Centennial that's uh, it's kind of the best one to do if you're doing a Centennial in the Elk Range. It's like the just like Castle is the best one to first tackle in the Elk Range if you're besides doing Pyramid and Snowmass and Capital and Bells. If you want to get used to that. Um, elk range rock and so there's this there's this debate at how do you do castle labra 
from Conundrum Hot Springs. The Conundrum Hot Springs are in the wrong drainage from uh, Montezuma Basin, where you normally do Castle and Conundrum. And so there's always a lure. Do, is there a way to suffer fest over that ridge, over Castle Bra, grab Castle, and then come back and, and skinny dip in the Conundrum Hot Springs? And so this is that attempt to, to do that. Normally, the standard on Castle Bra is coming up uh, Cumberland. Uh, I think it's from actually from Crested Butte. You go over Pearl Pass and then hike into that Cumberland Basin and do the south um, south part of Castle Bra. It still takes you up to the same ridge between Castle and Castle Bra. If you come the other way and go up Conundrum Creek, day one would be backpacking up Conundrum Creek. Trailhead starts at 8,800 and you have eight miles to the hot spring. What I do is I would, I would climb about seven miles you can't have fires near the hot springs but you can you know at least you used to be able to have fires a mile below the hot springs so that's what i would camp about seven miles in so you could have a fire on day one so you hike in seven miles two thousand feet again so it's a nice backpack and then go soak day night one in the hot springs day two then you're going to cap take on castle bra and castle now on day one you're also scouting electric pass uh, which direction is Conundrum Hot Springs? You, st you from start south. It, it, okay. It, the 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 trailhead or the approach goes seven miles south. I think if you're looking at the topo. Okay. And so then you're on the west side of Castle Bra and west side of Castle. And so on the way in, C Cathedral is also there. And also as you're heading so up. So don't you go for don't you go for Cathedral when you not wait? Nope. This is just uh. Day one, you scout cathedral, because if you look at electric pass, most people do electric pass from the other side when they do cathedral. Oh, I see. That electric pass, basically that other side from conundrum, the conundrum drainage has disappeared. They say it's hard to find because most people don't use it. So it's kind of like a mystery of can you find it? And this is, this is my bonus add-on if you, if you want to. So on the way in day one, you scout out that route over electric pass as you're hiking up to the Conundrum Hot Springs. Day two, you do the cunning couloir up Castle Bra. That puts you on the ridge between Castle and Castle Bra. Once you're on that ridge, you run over, grab Castle, come back, grab Castle Bra, and then you, you head down the, um, you descend the west face. It's a really chossy, really loose scree field that would be pretty awful. But the trade-off is then once you descend that, you've made the tour de Casalabra. And then you can spend the second night soaking your sore feet and your sore knees and your scraped up hands from all that loose elk range rock. Soak, soak night two. Day three, you can either hike out. You've already got a Centennial. You already got a 14er. But there's also the allure of trying to grab Cathedral by going up that hidden, the faded, lost electric pass. You go up Electric Pass over Electric Pass Peak, and then you do kind of a gnarly little scramble class three ridge all the way over to Cathedral. Cathedral would give you your second centennial. And then of course you have to come back over that ridge and back down Electric Pass back into Conundrum, Conundrum Valley. And you could camp again, or you could, you could head out. So there's a couple options. You could tack on Cathedral. I have doubts that it would be hard, might be a bushwhack, but I think it'd be cool to try to find that, that the other side of Electric Pass that no one really has used for a long time. And it would be a way to uh, 
get two or three days soaking in the hot springs while bagging a 13er and a 14er. Not an easy day. The rock is loose, not a great trail. It's, I tried it once and we only got to about 12.5 because it was like going on an elevator escalator moving the wrong way as the rock was falling backwards. But that was, that was when we tried to go up the west slope or the west face. So I think the cunning couloir, maybe with a little snow on it, maybe crampons, ice axe, might eliminate some of that loose rock. How steep is that snow climb about? I don't think it's crazy steep. Some of the photos I looked at on trip reports, there's just a handful of them. But I would, yeah, I would definitely, it would be crampons, ice axe. It wouldn't be just um, hope. But it's long like, enough to make this split board worth it? Um, I doubt it. If you're gonna hike a split board on your back, eight miles. Right, I'm, I'm still trying to figure this out. So you said you were coming from the south. Are, are you sure you're coming from the south and you're not coming from the north? Like, where is where is the trailhead is my conundrum, question. It's Conundrum Creek Trailhead. Okay, so isn't that north of Cathedral Peak? The, and sorry, you're coming from the north, but you're, you're heading okay. south the whole day when you're hiking in. Okay, okay I see. I okay, you. I see. So, so the whole time you're heading south and then all of the peaks will be east of you. And you just go up and get said castle and castle Abra, and you might as well get conundrum while you're there and yeah, then the next day over, you get you, you could do that if you want to run over the ridge from castle to conundrum and back over okay. castle and then back over and these are not the standards routes of castle and conundrum because the standard routes come from the east and you're coming from the west exactly that's that's the debate right the standard easiest way to do both of them you can't get conundrum hot springs and so the trade-off is you get conundrum hot springs but you have brutal loose ridge and scramble up some rocky scree fields. Okay. Do you know that those routes actually go? Yeah, there are several okay. uh, trip reports on them. And there's actually two kind of west facing ones, uh, but they are not easy. And I, I tried the one and we got so tired um, on that loose scree. It was earlier in my 14 year career that we, we bailed and didn't just sit in the hot tub and- Cool. <laughs> that was awesome. Cool. Points. I might actually do this. I've got this ice axe now. Yeah. The trade-off though is that like it's a north-facing couloir, so that snow might be in for a long time. Well, that's good because I mean I'm coming to Colorado in July to finish all the 14ers. So if the snow is still there and I can still do it in July, that's a good thing. All right. Beat a hot spring, Jace. Um, I know it's somewhat good because you've already agreed to it. Sweet. Nice job, Steph. That was a good one. That was good. So mine is not quite as creative or out there. It's one that uh, in some form or fashion, most of you guys have done um, with a little bit of spice thrown in. So it's simple. It's effective. It's a lot of bang for your buck. Um, I call it the Willow Creek Waltz is what I'm this one. And it's basically just a full tour of that area. And I know it's somewhat good, like I said, because Chris has already agreed to this one. So <laughs> It doesn't give you a point. victory, but it's already a victory in my heart. So what we're going to do is approach the Willow Creek area as if we were just going to do Kit Carson and Challenger from the standard route. Uh, it's just under five miles and just under 3,000 vert to get up to the lake. That's going to be our base camp for the next two days. Um, so we're going to get Kit Carson and Challenger from that area. But to make it a little more interesting, I think we're going to throw a little bit of class four in here. And we're going to do Kit Carson via the 
is it the uh, North Ridge or the East Ridge? North Ridge. The yeah. North Ridge, um, which I believe Roach calls the classic. Um, lots of people rave about that route. That's how I'm, I'm waiting for the right conditions to do that. Um, really, really looking forward to that. And so we're going to do that. And then from the top of Kit Carson, we are going to go over to Columbia Point. And this is actually just a reversal of the last step of Kit Carson from South Colony Lakes as described by Bill Middlebrook. So it's just reversing that last step. Um, the benefit of all this is there's no bushwhacking and there's routes written out for all this to just kind of piece together. So we'll grab Columbia Point, go back. That's going to be a nice, you know, class three with some class four variations, adding only about a mile, but then you get your centennial there. Then you come back over, back around to Challenger Point, back down the standard to, to Willow Lake, um, and that's where you camp for two. So after night two, we're going to take off and get our second centennial. So this one, you get two 14ers and two centennials. Um, this is a lot of bang for your buck. We're going to grab uh, Mount Adams the third day. Um, so after night two, we're going to go up Mount, Mount Adams. This is also primarily class one and two. Actually, not one because there's no trail. Primarily class two until a few class three moves at the top. Um, going to add us about a little over two miles round trip and about 3,000 births. So manageable for a third day. Um, and then back down, if you have the time, we can do another, you know, campfire and have a few beers and some whiskey that night and go back out on a fourth day, or we can boogie out that same day. So it can be a three day or a four day trip, two centennials, two 14ers, a lot of bang for your buck. Trip total, as I calculated, is only 14 miles and about 8,300 vert. So a uh, pretty effective way to get four, four centennial peaks. Yeah, and, and this is one that we very well, very well might actually do this summer. So, yeah, we had this one planned. Yeah, that sounds like an awesome trip. It's, I mean, I did Kid Carson and Challenger in a day, but that was as much as I can possibly do in a day. And I also know that it's a lot of work to get up to Willow Lake. Mm -hmm. So, it's really good to take advantage of already being at Willow Lake to get Mount Adams, too. And that's what we decided as we were looking now that Chris is onto the Centennial 13ers. Um, I've got a left these two being two of them i mean we really wanted to maximize our time back in that area and get get you know as many peaks as we could since the approach is kind of arduous i'm gonna give you guys one uh one piece of advice if it goes wrong and because of whether you don't get adams let's say you get the 14ers you want but not adams mm -hmm. the same trailhead about 100 yards from your car there's a split and mm -hmm. one trail goes to south crestone lake it's about the same mileage and you can do Adams from there. And there's like no one at that lake. Well, oh, there's wow. like a ton of people at Willow Lake. There will be now, now that you spilled the beans. <laughs> this, this part can be censored out. Um, oh, that's awesome. Look, some other uh, unnamed 13ers in that circ as well. Yeah, um, I did 13153 and Adams from there. Uh, the year it was super uh, 2018 when there was no snow. Um, that was the Memorial, the Memorial day trip. It was really awesome. So. Oh, that's cool. Thanks for that tidbit. We may actually break that into two trips. Yeah. Just, yeah, just a, just an idea if, uh, you know, if the first one doesn't work. So what's that like comparatively to, to Willow? Is it same bird, same mileage roughly? Is there a good trail? Oh yeah. It's a bomber trail the whole way to the lake. Um, yeah, the lake is probably at, um, mid to upper 11s so and it's like five miles in there it's really pretty similar huh. let's see south crestone lake 
Is that about 11 to 11.6. So. Yeah, so right there, really similar. Yes. Cool. I want to highlight one of the hints that Jay said is that and researching 14years.com to find that route over to Columbia Point, you, you need to look at Kit Carson from South Colony, which is where Humboldt and you can get Crestone Needle, Crestone Point. So it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like in reverse if you're doing it for the way he is doing it. Cause there's two gullies you got to memorize. And there's a, there's one big post uh, photo that you need to look at, that, at with the pink arrows to memorize. So we were studying that route pretty heavily in September before we got rained out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I actually discovered that because I was reading some threads about it and Bill even chimed in and said, Hey, just check out this route description reverse the very last step. It's going to be identical. So yeah, and I, always, I mean, I, I like bushwhacking and making up our own trips, but I always like if we can get creative while also following stuff with good previous beta and a good route description. I think it, you know, adds to the, the risk mitigation a little bit when you have a couple of big days like this. Then you don't have to regain challenger too. Yeah. Standard is over challenger, back over challenger, but this way you're little class three climbing up the north face and making a circle. So that's mine. Right, so, but the description for uh, Columbia Point on 14ers.com, it shows you coming from the east, but it doesn't say anything about the ridge between Kit Carson and Columbia Point. So west of Columbia Point, do you know that that ridge goes? Yeah, I think I think the trip report is Kit Carson from South Colony. Yeah, are you looking at the Kit Carson from South Colony route? Oh, no, I was looking at uh columbia point and obstruction peak yeah, this is tricky because that we it's not actually on it's harder to find than you think i also would like to do that one day i think that'd be great from south colony even though i hate camping there over bears playground right yeah. you could grab humble because you basically get to the saddle off humboldt yeah and i actually read a great trip report of a guy who if you can carry enough water i guess there's some great camping up there too on bears playground nice and flat nice and quiet like Bear's Playground is amazing. I don't know if I'd recommend camping there. I mean, it would go okay. It's just one of those places I'd hate to see too many tents, if you get my idea. <laughs> sure, from like a tundra, like leave no trace standpoint. Yeah, and, and it'll be, it's a, you know, there's some ridge work to get to that point. I tried that way up Kit Carson and made it to Columbia Point, and it was about 9 a.m., and already the storm, the clouds were like developing below us. Hmm and like fog and clouds lifting. Um, so we bailed on trying to get uh, get Kit Carson. Yeah, we just had to back down. And there was uh, hail and lightning about when we got to tree line, so we made the right call. Nice. All right. What do you think of my hot springs trip versus his devoid of hot springs trip? <laughs> the hot springs trip is really interesting because it's really creative. Like, I've never heard of anyone trying to do all of those peaks from the West. And I don't know whether the route actually goes, but if you're saying that you've done the research and it does go, it seems really awesome because it has the hot springs there as well. If you search 13ers uh, on 13ers, uh, 14ers.com that find some trip reports. Well, the other, the other question uh, here, Stifler is uh, that's the 105th highest peak in Colorado. So is that a centennial? <laughs> even have a centennial sounds like a disqualification yeah. <laughs> and finding that lost electric pass from that side it's pretty dope 
Yeah, but it's you know, above, I, it's above there's, 13. There's two lists. There's two lists there too, because there's you know there's the there's the hundred flat, and then there is that what 106. They're all above 13.8. Yeah. Yes. Anything about 13.8? Anything about 13.8? Jerry Roach's book and, and more. Yeah, you already have. You definitely has a centennial. It counts to me. Do you have two of them? That's <laughs> miles. Good, good, good point. Good point, Tornado Man. He called me out. He's well. The, you know, I can I can keep calling you out on on the why would you want to do cathedral from electric pass that looked hideous <laughs> but, I, I love the idea of trying to find that old the old that, pass finding hey, the pass might be okay but that ridge reports on on 14ers that you can find on I, i've seen them because i debated that but what did they say did they say it was terrible i don't think it's easy <laughs> or a lot of root finding and it's really loose, sketchy, difficult class three. <laughs> but so it sounds is, like the Alps. Uh, the Traverse from Castle Labra to Castle. Oh, yeah, I've heard that same thing. Did you say you were going to do this under snow so you don't need to worry about loose stuff? But you do have to worry about crampons? That's what I would do. I would do it kind of like May. Yeah, I think I, I would shoot for like early, early spring, like a May trip. Yeah, all right. I'm gonna have to go with the the hot springs one because it sounds like a really fun challenge. <laughs> sounds interesting. A weekend of elk. Nice. I bet, elk I bet you end up doing both of those <laughs> in a single day. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go against. Okay, that makes sense. We could do a winner out of uh, out of you and Tornado Man, and then Pat and I could do a consolation bracket for second place. All right, let's do it or for third place rather. Let's see who goes first. Who is going first? Here's Pat. Pat. All right. Me versus Jace, huh? Yep. All right. Let's see. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna pull out my San Juans because I don't wanna I don't wanna go 0 and 2 here. <laughs> we'll go head to head in the San Juans. All right, let's go head to head in the San Juans then. All right. Here we go. This one could have two names because I like I like to name my trips. We're gonna go with the, with the, my first plan called Keeping Up with the Joneses. Ooh, yeah. So, my ideal scenario for this would be to do this in April or May because we're bringing the skis and the board, the split board, whatever you got. And the crampons and the ice axe, because this is a full-on involved uh, deal. So rather than do things the way that normally I do, because that doesn't get you into trouble enough, I like to start from the Grouse Burns Gulch Trailhead near Silverton. And I know, uh, what was it, last year it got pretty destroyed, was it two years ago? pretty destroyed from, from Abbey debris. And there was like 30 feet of snow and ice and rock and everything sitting there, but it's gotta be melted out by now, right? So I'm gonna start from there and this is gonna be sort of a loop. So you go from grounds, uh, from the Grouse Burns Gulch Trailhead and you're gonna do as Jerry Roach calls it, the American Pie. So you're gonna take out Jones, Niagara and American Peak. Now I know Jones is the only true centennial 
but Niagara and American are like 101 and 102 combined, like right next to each other. Pat, isn't the easiest way to do them from Lake City? Uh, yeah, you can do that from Lake City. There's, there's, uh, that's what's so beautiful about this trip is there's so many routes in and out, and there's so many routes up the mountains, especially American. It's like cool our paradise. So, we should, we should do that on Jason's finisher. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know if he wants to finish on uh, snow. He's finishing I mean, on he probably true. wants yeah. to, but that's true. Because um, you finishing could, you wouldn't really flowers on handies in July. It's going to be amazing. Right. Well, that's, that's what's cool about this is you can actually do this in the summer um, as well. And you could actually, you know, some of those cool wars might actually be holding some snow too, uh, depending. If not, there's one of the, one of the cool wars is, uh, uh, would be, would probably be okay to get up. But starting from, uh, and I believe it is, because there's, as you said, you could do this from what the snare stairs, and that's out towards that cataract gulch. So, and then uh, of course there's American Basin. And then of course you have mini gulch. There's all sorts of ways to get back there. But the way I had it was you take Bird's Gulch approach back and you, and you camp up past the four wheel drive. So I want a high camp because you want to camp on snow. You got to get your feet in it and get ready. Hmm. Um, and then we're going to take down Niagara Peak first and then heading across to Jones and then down. So in this, basically the way I see this is if it's in the summertime, then, you know, you're probably going to come, you're probably going to come from uh, the grouse gulch approach. And then that way you can take out Handy's peak since that's your goal. If this is, if this is your finisher trip, you want to, you don't want something to happen on one of those other peaks and, you know, not make, Handies, right? <laughs> so, Is the trailhead open in the winter? Uh, yeah, so I've seen uh, oh, it's a pretty popular snowmobile route back there. And I have well, seen. My question is can you drive to the same place in May as you can drive in August? Or is there a you winter closure? You're probably going to get stuck down a little further below the trailhead. It depends on the snow year, obviously. But uh, um, there are people that have, have gotten pretty close to the trailhead in the springtime after a heavy snow year, so. Right, uh, if it's pretty close, that also counts. Yeah. I don't wanna go, if I have to hike an extra five miles in the May that I wouldn't have to do hike if I did it in August. Right, um, so when in the snow, you know, hopefully if you got your skin set up, if you got your, your tour set up, your split board, uh, you make a lot quicker work there. Um, if it's not on, on snow, then yeah, you're at the trailhead and, it, and it's a pretty quick, it's literally only four and a half miles, 4,200 vert to get all three of those peaks. Oh, really? Huh. Um, so it's a pretty quick, you could actually do all four of these in a day in the summertime. I think this, with the snow and the, and the steep, the, the cool water climb, you're probably looking, it's probably best to, to do a camp. Um, but from there, right. from American, you're, you're only looking at three miles total and a thousand vert to handies. And then you back out on grouse. You're actually doing a loop. You're doing two different. You're doing a, a different return from approach. Um, All right. So to get back to grouch, grouse gulch, do you have to go over some pass to get there, or do you traverse back over American Peak, or what? How do you get back? 
Nope. So after American Peak, you descend American Peak. You're you run into right at Sloan Lake. There, you run into uh, the Handys Trail, and you get to finish off Handys if you go that route. And then you actually descend by Sloan Lake, and then you cut off um, as you're heading towards like American Basin is where you would cut off on Grouse. So you make a circle there. Burns Grouse yeah. approach, and then Grouse Gulch back out. Very much a loop, yeah. So and and so you could mix a little bit of everything in there. You could skin back. If you did have a high camp, then you could do a nice classic snow climb up one of the what is there four four or five cores on American Peak. Uh, you have what, Freedom, uh, Victory, Independence, and uh, Trader, which Trader is supposed to be the the steepest and the nastiest of the bunch. I think it's what tops out at forty two degrees on the, which is not victory, I think it's, oh, Patriot. Yeah, so the Patriot core, um, it's the easiest of the four. I think it's a little wider. Um, I know there's some cornice issues on, on some of these uh, early in the winter, so. Uh, but you could do a nice uh, core climb early in the morning, get your peaks, get back down. And from those peaks, you can just map out your entire ski day on Andes Ooh. in American Basin and I believe the route I chose for a ski descent was uh, the west face um, which would actually take you straight down to the grouse so that would be um, my ideal and then of course for, I always like to throw an extra credit uh, for extra credit you could do the entire thing in walk mode <laughs> <laughs> if anybody, if anybody can do it, it's you, Pat. I see it with my own two eyes. Yeah. Uh, but in the summertime, yeah, you get American Basin, all the wildflowers, and you get to uh, you get to avoid coming in through American Basin, where, as we, as we know, loads and loads of people are. You can get there from Lake City, though. You just go over Cinnamon Pass. Is that right? You just keep mm -hmm. on going up that road past the standard on Handys and then past American Basin and then keep on going? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you think of it like like an X, there's literally an uh, approach at each at each corner. And there's one on the, uh, I believe it's the east east side, what do they call them, like the snare stairs, which is sounds awful. But Is that the same drainage as Half Peak? Don't you camp by Cataract Lake to get Half Peak? You know mm -hmm. what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, it's over Half, half Peak area. Sweet. Pat, I think you get bonus points for uh, the creative ski routes too. I think that's. Yeah, I never thought about. What was your name? What was the name? Skiing with the Joneses? Is that what the. Keeping up with the Joneses because it's the Jones group. Nice. Um, the, the, if you do it the other route from American Basin and do handies first, it's, it becomes a little inappropriate. But you could do it, could be the, the handy Jays. <laughs> what? Well, I could. You faded out. What? That's <laughs> probably a good thing. <laughs> Mine is uh, called the Telluride Tearjerker, otherwise known as the San Juan Sufferfest. Chris knows this one pretty well. It's actually basically a carbon copy of one we've already done, just tacking on Gladstone. So this is, uh, I can confirm that this is a great Sufferfest. It's how we decided to tackle the Wilson group in two days. Um, and uh, Ellen, this one's for you because I know you like Sufferfest. So hopefully you take that into account. Um, so the way we're going to do this one is stash a car at the Kilpacker Trailhead. Stash another car at the Navajo 
Lakes Trailhead, not very far, less than a mile. Um, and you're going to start at Kilpacker. You're going to hike all the way in up to Kilpacker Basin, which we have found to be less crowded and uh, the preferable way to tackle El Diente. Um, so camp there the first night. There's lots of good water, minimal people. Um, there's no fire bands. It's a great spot to have a fire, and you got a great view of El Diente as you come in. So definitely the preferable way to do that. Um, then the next day you're going to go up El Diente's south face, which is relatively direct. Um, Kilpacker Basin's, you know, got a ton of rocks to navigate. But summit El Diente first, and then you're going to hit the traverse with a good weather window, hopefully, over to Mount Wilson. Hopefully you're not going to have any uh, buzzing rocks or impending lightning like we did on Wilson. Um, naturally, you know, we... we just kind of bailed down that, uh, what, what is that route? It's Mount Wilson's Southwest Slopes back into Kilpacker Basin. We get to your tent, you're gonna take a quick nap, fuel up and then get ready for a long afternoon slash evening of hiking your butt all the way back around into Navajo Basin. The way we're gonna do that is not go all the way out, but actually there's, there's no route description, but there's a cutoff at about 10,200 feet between the two trails. Um, almost at their narrowest point, right? You can see a creek and it's right above the creek. Follows that drainage and it's gonna cut off a few miles. There is no camping between the, where it meets up with the trail and the lake. So be prepared for a long haul. Getting all the way up, by this point for us, it was already dark and we hadn't eaten dinner and it was pouring rain. Um, I think Chris and I both about met our breaking point on this one in the rain with big old packs and sharing a Snickers bar as we were getting drenched. But get all the way up to the lake, set up camp, and that's where you're going to call it a night, um, get a few hours of sleep, and then wake up the next day to tackle Wilson Peak from Navajo Basin. Once you get up to Wilson Peak, you're going to come down to the ridge, and you can either heard of people taking that connecting ridge over to Gladstone. I've also heard of people just doing it kind of down below the saddle into the basin wherever you're comfortable with. Um, that's going to add on a couple miles and about, what did I calculate? I think another... 1,500 to 2,000 vert, and then back out of Navajo Basin to your car, and then it's mandatory for this trip to go get some of the hush puppies from uh, Chris. What's that restaurant? Smugglers. In Telluride. Smugglers Brewery. You also need to have a cold Coors Light waiting for you at the car. It makes the trip. Um, when we did this, it was about 31 miles and 11,500 vert between two days, so it was absolutely brutal. But I think a fine way to do the Wilson Group. If you, if you add in Gladstone, you're going to be at about 33 miles and 13,000 vert between two days, um, but still totally doable. So that is the Telluride tearjerker. 33 miles and 13,000 vertical in two days. It's a big one. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's kind of a lot, especially considering you're carrying a heavy pack over somewhere. We never nah, nothing you haven't already done, Ellen. You'll be fine. There's not too many heavy packs, it's just a long day of heavy packing. You never go over a pass, you kind of go back. You kind of skirt that ridge. I mean, you stay at an elevation. Yeah. Just to know, I don't think you actually need a car shuttle for this because Navajo Lake Trailhead and Kilpacker Trailhead are like a mile from each other. Yeah, the, the benefit so, is though, Kilpacker starts about 9,000 feet higher. Seven, sorry, 700 feet higher. You don't want to be gaining that at the end of 33 miles to go another mile and a thousand feet up that road. 
Yeah. I mean, if you have a car shuttle, fine, but I, w I can't disqualify this for the reason of requiring a car shuttle because it doesn't actually require a car oh, shuttle. I misunderstood the prompt. I thought I thought we got bonus points for a car shuttle. Yeah, bonus. <laughs> that is how I worded it. But you get triple bonus points for hot springs. <laughs> Boy, those are tough. Again, they're hard to compare, apples and oranges. Oh, and you get one of the four great traverses on this one, too, so Ooh. if that's worth anything. So you also... Was this a three-day, uh, a one-night trip or a two-night trip? The Wilson one. Night trip, yeah. One night. Two nights. And the one. No, two nights. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Two nights. Yeah. First night in Kelpie. Okay. Two days. Second yeah. night in Navajo. You can spend a third night after you're doing Gladstone and Wilson in the same day. You might want to just crash third night too there in Navajo. So really, okay. two and a half days because you 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 we camps and. We hiked, started hiking in at like five o'clock that afternoon for the first day. So I really wasn't counting that as a full day. So it's really two and a half days total. Okay. Well then you gain points for not having like borderline too much vertical in, in per day, but then you lose points because if you were to just do them as two separate day hikes, then it takes exactly two days, not two and a half or three. But this, it's, it's, a, it's a backpacking content. Yeah. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I thought it'd be fun to break that one. Okay, and the other one was skiing around handies. Yeah, neither are your bailiwicks. You're just a one day from the car suffer fest. Tough judge. Also, well, I guess what you got is Gladstone. And if you were to do things from the car, it may be, be harder to also get Gladstone. Because I did the Wilson group in a day, but I did two day, two separate days. But I didn't get Gladstone. You would you kill, kill Packer and Rock of Ages? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. You've never been in a Navajo basin then? No. I don't really like keeping keeping up with the Joneses because you actually missed out on hiking up to American Basin, which I thought was really nice, even though people say it's crowded and it is easy, but. It, American Basin kind of proves the idea that you can't discount something for being easy because it's actually really beautiful there and you missed it. That's why Chase is saving it for his finisher. Right. Those flowers would be under yeah. snow <laughs> in my trip. Yeah. Either they're under snow or you said you could also do it in the summer, but then in the summer, yeah. you can also just day trip that whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But those cool wars, those Patriot cool wars up American are all winter climbs, Pat? Uh, you can get up, you can get up, Patriot. Just, uh, you, in fact, um, in the summertime, you would actually squeeze surf down uh, that Patriot cool war because it's from all accounts, it's, it's pretty sandy, uh, pretty easy down climb. Uh, you get down real quick, obviously, and down into a Sloan's Lake. Uh, and on a separate subject, on the Wilson one, Instead of having the car shuttle, which then requires you to carry your pack over some pass, you could just go in Navajo Lake, which I think is the standard way if you're going to do it overnight, people just go into Navajo Lake and camp there and then get the traverse and then get yes. Wilson and Gladys. Yeah, but then you're doing the north buttress of sucks, which is pretty heinous. So I like the north buttress. I haven't done it. Yeah, the easiest way to get El Diente in the traverse to Wilson is that from Kilpacker. That's why that's the, that's the trade-off, right? You think the easiest way would be, would be right in between them in Navajo, but from Navajo, that 
El Diente. And I guess I'm not sure I would have done it that way, even if I was comfortable with the North Buttress, because we got to see two different beautiful basins while we were back there. I mean, we really yeah. maximized our our time and you know in that area and who knows how long it's going to be it's very far away from denver so while you're there you want to see as much as you can yeah rock of ages is is super cool and unique too so it's you, you can't lose going any direction there the one thing i would like to do is do the other approach there's the approach from wood what's wood lake approach oh by um lizard head but yeah drops in, still drops in navajo sorry tornado man what Woods Lake is awesome, but uh, don't go. If you're going to do Woods Lake, don't even bother to go all the way to Navajo to camp. You're going to like go up 500 feet and down 500. Just get up early and do that in the morning. Like right where it crosses this little creek at 11.3, uh, there's a really nice campsite there. So if you just camp there, you're right below the 13er Boskoff that they just uh, named. A great view. Gorgeous wildflowers. Um, I was there over July 4th, so it's a good spot. All right, you got a tough decision for third place. All right, I guess I would go with the Wilson Group one so they can get <laughs> Gladstone, which I've heard that entire ridge is a sufferfest too. So you're, you're a sufferfest on multiple levels. Nice. Thanks, Ellen. You, got, you ought to do this one. This All is right. a Pat, I'll still do the uh, keeping up with the Joneses with you. <laughs> I would do both of yours, Pat. Both of yours sound enjoyable yeah. and not crazy suffer fests. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds awesome. All right. It'll be the battle of the Elk Rock versus the uh, heinous mileage. We'll see who wins. We <laughs> got, got a nice, I like Iowa, I have Iowa Emerald, Missouri trip, but I don't think it's, it's uh, strong enough for the championship. So I'm going for my other one. Yeah, we got Tornado Man and I. For the championship and i looks like i'm going first all righty gives you the best position all right you mentioned emerald i mean i wouldn't say that's bad because i mean i went up missouri and i was like i wish i had time to go for emerald in iowa but i didn't so sounds pretty Oof. good to me well emerald and i were awesome because i would do it from my plan was to do it from pine creek the Pine Creek drainage is awesome. I've been up there twice. You can you can grab Harvard from that side. You can grab Oxford. I've done Oxford from that side. And you camp by Little John's Cabin. And actually, the Bag and Emerald and, and Iowa are pretty gentle. And you ride that ridge over to Missouri. And then if you really want to spice it up, you could drop that gnarly mm -hmm. uh, the east side of Missouri into Elkhead and run over to Belford if you really needed to. Maybe I should use this one. Dang it. Yeah. Although if you're going down that 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 ridge without having go, gone up it, then it's even more dangerous. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you can also just go all the way if you want you to. Drop Emerald, go back over Elkhead, grab Belford, go over Oxford, and then drop down the other side of Oxford. It's really steep. Oh, no. If you have a, if you have a car shuttle, that's going to be perfect. No, you don't need a car shuttle. That would put you back into, uh, back into Pine Creek by Little John's Cabin. Where's Pine Creek? Is that... It's like north 13, of thirteen miles. It's uh, it's between the drainage between Harvard and Oxford. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. But you basically so the, part of the Colorado Trail. You head back up there, and you're basically looking at Emerald and, and Iowa as you head into the Pine Creek drainage. Really cool little cabin, little John's cabin back there. Have you been there, Tornado Man? No, but I uh, I came very close to picking this one for one of my three because oh, I was looking at it and I've heard good things. So 
I was definitely curious on it. You're curious about it, and I need emeralds still. So well, I need I do too. So well, we could uh, we could definitely consider that. All right, so this is my championship one. Here we go. It, this is the um, Hagerman Snowmass Crystal Mill trip. No. I'm gonna might lose points because you're gonna gonna require a shuttle. But just like Tornado Man likes, it's in one uh, approach, out out another approach. You're gonna grab Snowmass and you're gonna grab Hagerman. So day one, I would drive to Marble, Colorado. I'd either leave a car in Marble. And then you drive the hour and a half over to Snowmass Snow Lake Trailhead. Do you have a badass lifted four-wheel drive car to get to Crystal Mill or further? I have never been there. And that's part of the allure of this, I, this route, too, is you get my, that. My partner popped a, popped a tire trying to go to Crystal Mill, get back from Crystal Mill, and it was a huge problem. <laughs> but it's, it's four miles that like regular four-wheel drive can do and then two miles that are needs even more four-wheel drive so if you don't have any kind of four-wheel drive you just added six miles to your hike um i've been to the upper trailhead there you don't but instead of going by crystal we took the high road there's two roads there that split one goes to crystal mill the other goes high um we made it in an fj cruiser that so that's my day four yeah like a stock four-wheel drive it's got like an inch yeah, more this past year the high road was blocked by avalanche debris but in previous years maybe it works that, that might melt in another five years or so <laughs> <laughs> okay look, look I'll, I'll let chris uh oh, sorry, okay get back that's, my, that's my bonus at the end of the trip so you gotta you gotta shuttle to leave a car at Marble and then drive another car over toward uh, Snowmass Lake Trailhead. You have a nice seven mile approach up to Snowmass Lake. It's a nice, pretty challenging backpack. You gotta cross that uh, that be like Beaver Dam, the, the log jam there at the on the approach up to Snowmass Lake. So that's day one. Day two, you'd get up and you'd climb Snowmass. After climbing Snowmass on day two. You rest your feet in the cold lake, rest a little bit, and then the end of day two, then you, you repack your pack and then hike over Trail Rider Pass. Trail Rider Pass goes to 12,240 12, as part of the four pass loop. So amazing use of Hagerman and Snowmass from Snowmass Lake. Day two, you move camp over Trail Rider Pass, go back down and um, camp near, what is that? Uh, What's the lake down there? Geneva Lake, I think. And you wouldn't have to dro drop all the way down there. You could, you could camp above the lake if you had water, or if you needed water, keep going down, make camp by Geneva Lake. You'd have to regain probably another 500 feet to go back up um, the class. And there's, you make a little loop, a little tour to Hagerman is what Roach calls it. You go up the class three Southwest Ridge. Be careful of that loose elk range, elk range rock. Grab Hagerman, and then you down climb the class two South Face. Pack up your pack, head down Lead King Basin, grab your car near, uh, what's that, Crystal. Then you go to Penny Hot Springs. On day, th day three, you go to Penny Hot Springs there near Marble. Soak your feet and your body in Penny Hot Springs. And then day four, if you want the bonus, 
you hike to that famous uh, crystal mill that's on every Colorado calendar poster ever with that beautiful water spin wheel over the, I've never been there. So if you wanted oh, to- Okay, except you already just passed Crystal Mill on your way out to Marble. Yeah, you so you, instead of hiking back, you can just stop there on the way. Oh, you could? You can grab, I didn't realize that. Yeah, because also, first of all, you said you're parking at Marble, which is, actually means that you're driving the whole six mile, you're walking the whole six mile road because Marble is the four, the four wheel drive roads. That's what I was saying. And then while you're walking on the four wheel drive road, Crystal Mill is there. Okay, I, I saw it only by because it was dark when I left and dark when I got back. I didn't realize you could grab that from Ledkin Basin. Well, then you tack that on into day three then. And then you soak in the hot state, get an Airbnb or near the Penny Hot Springs, soak your sore body. Day four, then you got to drive back over to grab your shuttle's car at Snowmass Trailhead, head back to Denver. All right. So Hagerman, Snowmass. Snowmass approach, Lead King Basin exit. You also grab Crystal Mill and you end up where a hot spring is pretty close. Okay. All right, what do you got, Tornado Man? Okay. Um, well, I don't know. I don't have a fancy name, but this is our, uh, we'll, we'll call it the Alt Antero. Ooh. And uh, so I'm interested to see because Antero normally it's, it's kind of boring. It's just one of the, it doesn't have much going for it. So, so. Th this, this has a couple, uh, a couple things going for it. We're going to go in uh, via Browns Creek. Okay. There are a couple options. There's little Browns and there's Browns. And I am going to choose um, mm. Browns Creek for a reason that will be explained in a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah. So we're going to go in Browns Creek. It's about six miles in, about 2,400 gain, um, and camp at around 11.3. Um, there's the little lake there. Um, I've been in the area, and there were definitely some spots that you could uh, make a decent camp around there. So that would be day one. Day two, you're going to use a trail and then a series of Jeep roads to get up Antero. Now, it's still Jeep roads here, yes, but... Until the last like thousand vert, it's not where most of the Jeeps are. These ones aren't getting used by 10,000 ATVs. Um, I was there and there were not many people there. Um, so you don't, you're not gonna be smelling diesel quite as much of the day this way. Yeah. So um, it's about 3000 vert to get Antero. On your way down, um, you can hit the East Ridge of Cronin, which is a pretty easy, straightforward class two. Um, tack on about another thousand gain. So for the day, you're talking about 4,000 gain, 4,100, and about 12 miles. Um, spend another night. And here's your bonus for doing um, Browns Creek instead of Little Brown. Um, Little Brown um, is on the north side of the Bicentennial Peak, Mount White, White yeah. while Browns Creek is on the next basin. So it's on the south side of White. So you can continue. Um, so from your camp, you take a trail and uh, follow the Jeep road for just um, a quarter mile or so. And then you can follow Brown's Creek for a ways uphill and you will get to the saddle between uh, Carbonate Mountain, a 13er and Tabawash. And you can go up 
um, Tabawash's West Ridge to get that summit. Um, this will be about a nine mile day with, um, there's a little ups and downs there. Um, I think between 32 and 3,500 vert um, and go back to your camp. I know a lot of people who have gotten Shavano, uh, but have not made it over to Tab. It seems like a common one that people um, end up orphaning. I did that. Yeah. And I came um, back up this. What's the other route of backup tab? It's from. The uh, so, so Jennings Creek. That's it. So this is basically, this brings you to the same saddle as the Jennings Creek. Um, it's just doing it from the north other instead side. of the south. Um, so that, that gives you an option because I know a lot of people. Um, it seems like that one, even more than Belford Oxford, that people just don't end up getting tab for whatever reason. So if you need a tab, that's a good way to get it. Um, obviously, you could still go over and get a shav too if you wanted it. Um, it's there. So, <laughs> But uh, just getting tab would be about nine miles and 3,000 and change gain. Um, you could camp another night if you wanted. Bonus day, you could get carbonate and cyclone. Um, the bicentennials there. Yeah, that would be an option. So um, you're not going to go up carbonate first you're not going to traverse between tabawash and carbonate so that would definitely be an option i was looking at a if you have a map up there's like a saddle at 12 6 10 so i was going to go right toward that saddle and then go up tab from there um okay yeah you're saying that saddle is pretty low so it's not like a gimme to traverse yeah, between them. if it were over 13 i would certainly for sure go get uh carbonate from there because those both could be included with getting tab as well on the same day. Um, again, options, which I tend to like because some days the weather's good and you feel good. Some days you're tired and maybe you don't want the bonus peak. Um, yeah, a lot of options here because there's also Jones Peak, it looks like, and Cyclone Mountain and low carb. So just like basically however much you have time, energy, and weather to keep traversing you could do exactly and uh, although i don't know what, what class those ridges go at <laughs> um, so the tab to so 13 7 12 which is um between tab and jones is an easy class two walk a very easy class two um jones would be class yeah, uh, super difficult in this watch yeah yeah so most of this goes pretty, you know, pretty reasonably. Um, there's a lot of options. You could even, from Cyclone Low Carb, you could even go all the way over to Grizzly, which is the bicentennial there, um, off to the um, northwest of Cyclone. So it, it puts you in a basin where there's a lot of options. Um, it's a lot less crowded than the standard. Um, so that's what I like about this trip. If you just did Antero, Cronin, Tab, um, you could probably just pack out after Tab and make it a three-day trip. Go in one day, Antero, Cronin, uh, second day, third day, Tab, and pack out. You'd be looking at pretty good mileage. It would be about 33 miles and about very close to 10K vert over three days. So I think it's pretty reasonable. Yeah, Pat and I did Little Browns two years ago. That's how we got Antero. Did, 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 uh, I did a little brown too, and I, I it wasn't terrible actually because I did it in September and the, there was nice fall colors on Little Browns Creek. 
Yeah, I mean, it, 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 Intero is what it is. Yeah, we did a, a little browns up and did white and then Cronin and then browns down. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. Oh, yeah, nice circle. That's what I've, I've done is that and getting those those 13ers. And that was like, I definitely underestimated the mileage. It ended up like a 19 to 20 mile day trip. I like it. I, I give you points for a boring Jeep road trail to, to I, I, you know, turn that into a fun, different backpacking. I, I think it would make it a, a little more fun than the, than the standard. Although standard the Baldwin standard, Gulch. although Baldwin Gulch, you throw in a snow thunderstorm above tree line. Um, and it's a more interesting day. So we had an interesting day. We went up Baldwin Gulch in March, got to the four wheel drive, snowshoot up to the four wheel drive, made an igloo, but it only got half the igloo built and it got dark. <laughs> And then we slept in the half-built igloo. Luckily, we, it wasn't windy because it was like Ugh. negative. It was like single digits. <laughs> we we're winter camping in a half-built igloo. No, make make it interesting, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, between those two, the uh, snowmass is uh, creative, and I think it would be like a great experience because I think it's in a scenic area. And then Antero, though, like, you're going in with a handicap because I think Antero, Tab, and Shav are my three least favorite 14ers. But you kind of, like, figured out the best way to do it, like, assuming that someone wants to actually finish the 14ers, they're going to have to do Antero, Tab, and Shav sometime. And it's kind of nice because you have a base camp that got you, like, in a good position to do whatever you can do when you're there. So it's kind of just like your classic base camp backpacking thing. So like I said, <laughs> choose the Antero one between those. I, I kind of wish that I would have done it that way too. <laughs> nice job. Yeah, I, th I thought my shuttle was a was the one of the downsides of mine was that big shuttle from Marble an hour and a half back over to Snowmass was the kind of the crippler for I wouldn't I don't know if I would ever do that, but I would definitely do Antero from that side. Nice job, Tornado Man. You are the first Centennial 14er backpacking trip. What's that? March Madness, I guess, bracket. January Madness. Whew. All right. I think we'll have to do this again. I think there's a lot it's more fun, other so. trips I could add in my head. And... There, there are some other ideas, certainly. So well, that was, I really like that. Sounds that good. Discussion. Yeah. Nice job. I'll make you a belt or a trophy for you, Tornado Man. Okay, is it, will it be like a, can I have like a WWE style yeah, belt? Like you a know, big, like a big, like, yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> Thanks a lot for joining us, Ellen, and in a tough position of being the judge. Hey, you guys have a lot of good ideas. Well, everybody, thanks for listening to our episode. I hope you enjoyed our discussion. Again, as a disclaimer, you do your own research out there. Make sure you're, if you're connecting dangerous ridges. You're doing your research and being careful. Also, if you liked our episode or have some other ideas on some 13 or 14 or trips, backpacking trips, and you'd like to tell us about them, please leave a comment on our Facebook page or leave us an iTunes comment. Thanks for listening.